Hello, everyone. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you. As you go at the Golden Boot, so do our needs, but we cannot do it without you. We ask that you continue to like our posts, share our content, and subscribe to our YouTube, Facebook, and other social media platforms. You may also visit thegoldenboot.com for the latest merch. If you would like to make a financial donation, you can do so through Cash App at Money Sign Golden Boot or through PayPal at paypal.me slash golden boot. We look forward to bringing you more laughs, knowledge, and entertainment. And again, thank you for your endless support. Sincerely and respectfully, the Golden Boot team. The views and opinions expressed in the Golden Boot podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the Golden Boot podcast as a whole. Y'all ready to get rolling? Quiet on the set. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the HBCU Hour. It's your boy Pooh Bear. I got my man Aunt Petty Murphy in the building. What's good? What's happening, bro? Doing all right? I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, I got uh, I finished my honey do list a little early today, um, and I still got in trouble uh, cause I ain't helped clean up. Uh, but that's what happened. Get ready. Look bad out here, man. Doing get, get, doing all your honey do's and all that, bro. I mean, like, make you look bad. Listen, you still in the honeymoon phase? Uh, <clears throat> I don't enjoy, know. In, in, enjoy, I'm t- enjoy it. Enjoy it. It only gets worse from. I mean, it gets. It, Tell her that, not me. No, it's man. always gonna be good. It's the best thing ever. I, I would recommend it for everybody who's clinically insane. Um, but man, um, we got a live one tonight. We got a good one, man. We got we gonna talk fam. You, we gonna talk Jackson State, Tennessee State, Alabama State, Miles. We'll probably sprinkle in, sprinkle in a little bit more. Here and there. But we got some great guests. Looking forward to it. Got some some people we've been waiting to talk to for a while. Uh, we got our DEI guy in the building. Um, some of y'all will catch it later. <laughs> Boy, you crazy, man. <laughs> we got our diversity. Diversity in the building. But, man, before we get started, man, shout out to the people in the chat. Uh, Chuck checking in. Man, My what's guy. up, Simple? Simple back. Simple, hey, I'm telling you, simple gonna be uh, we're gonna simple have to I, I know the simple only come for the HBCU shows. Hey, you, you remember, I'm telling you, you remember the white dude that showed up at uh Jackson State, you know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> simple gonna be that guy, yeah. He's gonna show up, he's gonna be at the Southern Games. He said, but he said he got some eligibility left, he's he trying to get on running back yeah. on the squad, so. But uh, before we get started, for real, man, let's shout out to our sponsors over at BetOnline. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info 
stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, news, and info for everything March Madness and NBA this year. From the Final Four to the NBA playoffs, Bet Online is your sports information headquarters this season. If you love sports info, scores, news, and podcasts, you can find everything at Bet Online. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head on over to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code believe that is b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts now ladies and gentlemen our first guest of the evening from the ong strike zone as you can see i told him he sent over i told him i said we're gonna tell we're gonna talk about all the accolades <laughs> he's the co-host of ONG Strike Zone. He is a uh also the co-host for the BCSN Sports Rap, Vice President of the Black College Sports Network, none other than Mr. Brian Fulford. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back. I'm sorry, welcome to HBCR. Thank you for joining us. How you doing this evening? And I'm I'm great, gentlemen. Thanks for uh thanks for dropping a line and, and reaching out in the invite. No problem, no problem. I got uh appreciate you for joining us, man. It's funny. My son got up this morning to come here. I, and maybe it was it was it was he, he got an orange shirt and you can see it, but he got green shorts <laughs> on too. There you go. Uh, He's ready. He's ready. So He's ready. I, I don't know if it was uh premonition or if he knew. I ain't tell him. <laughs> but he, he he was ready for it. So uh but yeah, we we glad to have you with us. Uh, and uh, of course, we were definitely gonna reach out. Uh, it was only a matter of time, and it just so happened to be to happen to be the right time. So, well, I, I, yeah, look, I, I love what you guys are doing. I, I love the variety uh, that you guys have with not just the HBCU hour, but but you cover you cover the home state flavor, you know, and that, and that's that's important, you know. I mean, there's a lot of I I'm I'm seriously. I'm, I'm stacking up swack hours, so I haven't got to Louisiana as often as I need to. But, but trust me, I'm, I'm writing down every time I get and talk to somebody from the Bayou. I'm places to go. You know, I got to, I got, I got to go somewhere other than just, you know, the, the, the Mardi Gras and the, and the, and the, uh, 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 you know, stuff down there on the. I'm not getting thinking the name of the street now, but you know, I gotta have something more. Yeah, than yeah, than Bourbon yeah. Street. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've been down there. So yeah, we gotta get you out of Florida and away from uh the the Satan anyway. But Ooh. uh <laughs> we, we ain't gonna go there right now. Not gonna go there. Yeah, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Right. Uh, but uh let's start here. Y'all uh first off, first off, uh I, I do wanna say we never met. Mr. Kofi, but our, our deepest condolences. Uh, everybody we met who who knew him uh, said nothing but great things. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked very high of him, and his impact could be seen everywhere uh, by every you know, so everybody he touched. So, um, our, our deepest condolences to him. Yeah, no, I mean he he was a he was an original. He was a real one. He was, uh, and I I think this day and age with the mediums uh, of the internet and just internet shows was perfect for Kofi. Um, and, you know, like I said, he, he, he really was our show and the show he did with uh, Scotty from Allscript was, is about a two year window, but you talk about maximizing 
the most out of those two years and those two football seasons. Uh, you know, there weren't too many places where he went that somebody didn't recognize him, know him, talk to him. And he always showed genuine love to everybody. And, and that's always that's always the part. This football season won't won't be the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like every episode, every opportunity, like I said, even coming on your show, I, I'm I'm inspired that so many people are promoting HBCU athletics in so many different ways because that that's that's what Kofi would want. You know, Kofi yeah. would want us uh, talking about HBCUs and 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 the phrase that we adopted with him was doing more with more. You know, we yeah. we want to get out of just being low resource schools or talking about hey we can do more with less. No, we we want to do more with more. So as as more shows come on and talk about HBCUs, it's only going to generate interest which will generate revenue and it, it just it's a trickle down. So whoa, yeah. yeah. So understand. Definitely understand. Uh I want to go come back to the uh the uh, trickle down and, and the giving and stuff. We're going to come back to that at the end. I, I just want to make sure I put a pin in that. Gotcha. Uh, uh, Mr. Chuck in our chat said, what's up? Uh, what's up, Brian? He says uh, he talks about Kofi as well. So it was great uh, when he met him uh, at Grambling in Florida and them game um, last or uh, well, 2022 in Grambling. So, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to meet Chuck whenever, whenever wherever I am, because Chuck, I, I love Chuck. Chuck is, is, Chuck is uh, everywhere. Chuck is everywhere, and I and I love that man. Great, great interaction. Uh, great support of all of the shows uh, where I see him, and so that that's one of the guys that uh, I look forward to to uh, dapping up and giving a hug whenever I see him. And right. so Chuck yeah. is 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 a real life Tony Reale. Uh <laughs> well, he, you know, say if you if he if something comes up trivial, he knows it. Swami, yeah. a lot of people don't remember Swami. He's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I love that. I love that those there are people out there, and and I mean, we I just you know, so there's people with so much history, and that and that's the one thing mm-hmm. that we have to keep letting people know. You know, like you you brought your son in there, and I mean, he's going, he has access to so much information, and so. They're great people out there that have stories to tell and information to share, and uh, it's easily accessible. And so we just got to keep sharing it with young people, man, and, and they'll grow up uh, uh, hungry and, 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 you know, be fed by all this great HBCU content and information that we put out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we're going to get to football eventually. Hold up. But I do want to say <laughs> – I do want to say, uh, we went to. I t- he actually got his first HBCU experience uh, this past Saturday. We went to the Alabama State uh, spring game, okay. and we, as soon as we walked in, uh, we were standing up, and I was looking for somewhere to sit, and the band started playing. Uh oh! And I said, "You want to sit down?" He said, "No, nah, I'm good right here." Okay. <laughs> said, All right, we're good then. We're good. And so he he asked me the other day. Uh, he said. Dad, do you like Alabama State? See, I like Alabama State. He said, "All right, I like them too." Then, and then uh, <laughs> he said earlier, because uh, we I actually live in Huntsville, so he he said earlier uh, he saw Vanderbilt schedule, mm-hmm. and um, he said they play Alabama and them. He said we can't go to that game. He said we can go to all the rest <laughs> of them. We can't go to that game. He, said, all right. he, he didn't picked up on the rivalry already, huh? <laughs> wow. he, he, he didn't picked up on the rivalry. He 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 knows that he wants to. 
he wants to see more about HBCUs, and so I was like, hey, I, I like it. I like it. So my, up, my my real quick, my dad was a uh, he was a he was in the band, so he went to Norfolk State University in the band, mm. and so that was my uh, indoctrination to HBCU is through him in the band, and he would always tell me about the band, but then he would always tell me about the the dance teams, and so you know, I I, I was. Like I said, I was very, I was schooled on how great the dance team. And he would always say, "That school down in Tallahassee, they don't have no dancers, but they play great music." <laughs> like I, I, I was like, "I wish I could have gone there. They don't have, they don't have no girls, but I mean, dancing and all that stuff. But they just play great music." And and he, he wasn't lying. He wasn't lying. So yeah. Now let's let's talk about this past weekend. You, you know, saying family spring game. Um, y'all are returning uh, probably. Uh, the best quarterback in the SWAC, uh, arguably the best quarterback in the SWAC, mm-hmm. and in uh, Musa. Um, tell me, what do you, what did you see in this team uh, that that may, I guess, give you a little bit more optimism or, or, or about this upcoming season? Well, as great, I'm glad you started there with Musa because I know. When you look at the landscape with with Shadour gone, you know, many people will say, well, who's the best returning QB? And, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, QB one down at Texas Southern, uh, um, Mr. Body, he's coming off of an injury. Mm -hmm. And so I know a lot of people might think wise is him. And I guess healthy, he very well might be. But it's kind of cool that Jeremy Musa is coming in into the role that he's coming in second team swack and so now he has to change he has everything at his disposal he has a plethora of weapons offensive schemes he's got running backs receivers um you know he he has to clean up on some of the things that went bad in some games i.e alabama state uh and he has to improve his completion percentage so those are the things that jeremy musa has to do but it's encouraging for him in, in, in the post-game comments. He talked about now he's had a full year um, because last spring he really was coming in. I think he didn't come in until January. Mm. And so now he's had a full year of reps. He started practically every snap. Uh, well, he started every game but played almost practically 95% of the snaps. So there's a lot of familiarity with this offense, and that's encouraging. Um but this team is built on its depth on defense. Um, they legit, we legitimately have. Uh, I feel like we are too deep. You know, it's it's one of those things that you know the big difference that people say between FCS and FBS schools is when you get to that second and third unit. Well, mm-hmm. I think FAMU has a legit too deep, and they they're going to challenge each other and. Uh, this might be a better defense than two years ago. Not not necessarily last year, but the team that had Marquise Bell on it um, and Isaiah Land. Uh, so uh, high expectations already. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that, <clears throat> about the expectations. Obviously, with, with that guy gone from Jackson State, um, everybody's kind of looking at FAMU as, you know, now or never as far as whenever they're gonna you know stake their claim for the east what is the expectations for for the season for from the fan base there in tallahassee well um given some of the things that have been done with the schedule 
it's a SWAC championship celebration bowl or bust. Yeah. That's what we're playing for. There, there's no there, you will not hear any conversation about playing for the playoffs because we've got two division two uh teams on our schedule. So, you know, people are always gonna hold that against you. So it is what it is. Fine. We'll we got our we got our eight game SWAC schedule. That's what it's all about. And it starts week one. And so it's SWAC championship, get to the championship, win the championship, get to the celebration bowl, win the celebration bowl, period. Yeah. Um you talked about the defense. Um you also lost a key receiver uh, on on the offensive side. Um, how do you think you guys uh, replace him? Uh, how do you guys fill in? Do you do you go more? Um, I guess you could say uh, evenly balanced with the spread now because uh, y'all lost a big a big one. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. I mean, there's there's no replacing Xavier Smith. No replacing him. Um, and, and you know what's funny is Xavier Smith had to replace uh, a top level receiver prior to him coming on as the main guy. Um, and so, I, look, we th- there's this thought that Coach Simmons's nature is to throw the ball, right? But we have so many dynamic running backs, and when we are at our best, like I felt like. You know, personally, two years ago, that seven to six game against Jackson State, that was a game where we had opportunities to run the ball and we got away from it, or maybe a penalty uh, hurt us while we were trying to run the ball, right? And then there's other games where you almost want us to run the ball, but now you look at our depth with some of the running backs we have. Um, Terrell Jennings is the lead returner. Uh, Jaquez Yant is a uh, is like cut like Derrick Henry. I mean, I mean, literally, he is ridiculous in his size. And then you got speed backs like um, uh, uh, Leland Wilhoyt, uh, Kelvin Dean. Uh, so I mean, there will we run the ball is the question. I, I don't know if we'll truly be a fifty fifty or a fifty five forty five. I I don't think we can be a 60-40. I, I really don't think we can be a 60-40, short of some injuries occurring, you know. But but I that that's the that's what we, we want to be able to run the ball. I think there's a large segment of fans, Rattler Nation, <laughs> will will privately jokingly even tell Coach Simmons, you know, run the ball. But we, we understand our coach's nature. Our right. coach wants to throw the ball, you know, even if it's throwing those little – bubble screens or those little those little passes in the flat you know uh that's what he wants to do he wants to throw the ball but somehow he 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 has to find a balance with with all these and these big offensive linemen that we have uh we we got to find a way to balance it so uh fingers crossed that we are a uh i'll, I'll go 52 48 if we if we're a 52 48 pass run i'll be happy I, i'm never gonna i'm never gonna say willie simmons is gonna do 50 50 but if he gives me 52 48 i'll be happy who are some who are some guys who kind of really stood out to you in the spring game some some guys that you know we should look forward to making a big impact next season um 
defensively, I mean, you got to start with uh, the defensive line, Kamari Stevens. Uh, he is sort of the guy being tabbed as the next uh, solid defensive lineman. He had a good year kind of in, you know, Isaiah Lamb didn't play the full 11-game uh, schedule, and Kamari Stevens really shined. Uh, I think he was our sack leader, tackle for loss leader. Uh, he's the one that's kind of stepped into the role. And, and we did, fam, you did this whole spring draft where the coaches kind of kind of do that whole draft, the guys on the orange and green, and he was the number one overall pick over guys like Jeremy Musa, over Isaiah Major, who both of those guys were all swat. So yeah. that tells you, I think that tells you something about who the coaches think has been the most dom- dominant guy over the summer. Um, of course, Isaiah Major is, I'll be interested to see preseason defensive player of the year. Will it be somebody like Stevens or could it be Isaiah Major? Um, just throwing that out there, see which one of those two guys. But Major is a heck of a linebacker who goes sideline to sideline. Right next to him, though, Jordan Moore. Jordan Moore is a guy who moved from safety um, to linebacker. And uh, last year, uh, we were hoping that he would be able to play, but, you know, he, he didn't. Uh, but he, he was around. And so him moving into that spot says a lot. And, and then in the secondary, I mean, there are guys like Kendall Bowler, who, um, you know, we were talking on our show yesterday with uh, Malik Obi of DraftHBCUPlayers.com, and he was, he's very big on Kendall Bowler. I mean, if you liked if you liked his brother BJ, word on the street, Kendall Kendall might be uh, just because of his size and just skill set, he might be a little bit better. And, and BJ was an All American, All Swag DB, right? So I'm saying I'm saying, hey, Kendall is supposed to be better, supposedly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, Eric Smith on the other side is another uh, All Swag DB. So I mean, they're, they're guys, uh, and then I don't want to forget General Hunt up front. He didn't play this spring uh, because he's recovering from an injury. But General Hunt in the middle, in the interior of the defensive line, is is legit. Um, and so when he comes back, along with the rest of our defense, uh, it's it's a lot. It's, it's fun, man. We we just we just gonna watch these guys do work, and every week it should it should be fun. And that's why I say there's a lot of there's a lot of encouraging uh, uh, thoughts when we think about this team compared to two years ago. I mean, they're going to have to do it. I mean, that team two years ago was one of the – they held people to under 10 points a game on average. This team, I mean, we, we've we got a, a chance to beat an FBS school this year, I believe. And if it happens, it's because this defense goes out and makes it happen. Yeah. Uh, I honestly believe y'all could have beat uh, North Carolina last year. If, if things had a – if oh, y'all yeah. didn't – if y'all would have went full strength. But. Oh, yeah. That's neither here nor there. Uh, one, one thing we always say, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. Uh, but it gave to y'all. Uh, a lot. Right? You know what I'm saying? A lot. It gave a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, one, when y'all just got uh, stronger uh, on the offense side of the ball with a uh, former LSU Tiger, uh, Cordell Thomas, uh, big get for you guys. Um, I know we talked prior to, to coming on. Uh I think that is that was an excellent move, not only on his part, but for FAMU as well. So, uh, does nothing but strengthen you guys. But but the thing is, they they landed him right after they had just landed, you know, a guy on the other side of the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you know what I mean? So it's and I got Josh Sims from uh, HBCU Knowledge said it, I believe last night that FAMU is winning the offseason. Like if you had to give grades for the offseason, I think FAMU definitely would have the best grade. My question to you is how do y'all translate that onto the field? Um we 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 know y'all got the talent. We know y'all, you know, y'all have had it in past years, but how, how do y'all get over the hump and, and this season and, and translate that talent into, you know, the swag championship, you know, celebration bow bird. I'll tell you, this this may sound uh, crazy, but the biggest addition for FAMU is not on the field, but it's off the field in the administration offices. Mm. I, mm. I mean, because the last couple of seasons, I mean, especially last year, yeah. we understand there were issues going into the year, right? Because staff and staffing wasn't as good as it should have been, could have been. Well, now we have a new athletic director and VP Tiffany Dawn Sykes. Uh, she went out and one of her first priorities was to bring in um, a quality compliance staff, multiple people, uh, bring in uh, people who've had experience, do, do the kind of training and help them. I mean, she has a background in compliance. Um, uh, she's even talked about, I think next week that the NCAA is actually coming to campus to look at how we do things and to help FAMU. I, I feel like that's one of those underappreciated yeah. things to kind of say, hey, look, we're trying to get our stuff right. Look at what we're doing and tell us what is and what isn't. Right. And she's got a good relationship with the NCAA. So what, saying all that, what that means is when guys are coming in, when you have all these transfers, there's a lot of checks and balances that go into that. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that we learned. I mean, Coach Simmons was very open and honest about things that we learned when you have all these transfers. I mean, there's a lot of checks and balances that have to be done to make sure the grades are right, the credits transfer, and all this other stuff. And you think guys just come in and suit up and play. No, nah, it doesn't really work that way. So it takes a team of people getting involved. And so I feel like we have a better chance to go into the fall camp and the first game of the season knowing for sure without any last-minute surprises who is ready, who is not going to be ready, and hopefully more to the side of guys who are ready. So uh, I, I believe that the experience of last year is one of those messages that Coach Simmons will have with guys to them about taking care of their business in the classroom, making sure you're checking in with, uh, with the right people in compliance that you're supposed to, because we can talk about being great on paper, but – if you can't even get on the field for that first game in mm -hmm. Miami, Florida, yeah. what, what are we talking about? And, and that's a conference game. So let alone just the first game. So, right. uh, you, you know, you, you got to do the things that you got to do the right things to get yourselves eligible. So that to me is the most encouraging thing to kind of say, OK, we, we we're going to have that part handled. Now it's you know, I have complete trust in Coach Simmons and, you know, the, we, we know the talent is there. And let's take that burden off of our shoulder so that guys can just buckle down and, and play and, and be at their best. Yeah. Um, man, uh, there's never enough time in the day. True that, true. <laughs> but we definitely would need to have – we're going to have to get you back, uh, Anytime, especially Willis. before Anytime. the season, so talk yeah. about uh, this team. Um, but before you go, uh, I do know it is it is the season of giving – so uh, 
go ahead and tell everybody about, you know, saying what FAMU is doing and also tell them about where they can find you. Yeah, so right now FAMU is having their uh, day of giving. So that's happening, uh, days of giving, actually. One, uh, 1887 strikes is the campaign. So going on between today, April 20th through April 21st, uh, you know, we're raising funds at Florida A&M University, uh, specifically our show, the ONG Strike Zone. Uh, we've got a campaign that we're running to uh, to to help specifically the athletic department. So if anybody and all we're asking for is twenty dollars or eighteen dollars and eighty seven cents. So if you if you want to make a small donation to FAMU Athletics uh, on our behalf, uh, you can actually text one eight eight seven strikes three two five. That's eighteen eighty seven strikes three two five to the number 71777. So again, that's uh, 1887 strikes 325 to the text number 71777, $20, $18.87, whatever you want to donate. And we all of it goes filtered. We don't even touch it. It just goes right to athletics. And, and so that's what we're trying to do uh, to help out FAMU and FAMU athletics. And uh you know, our, our show is every Wednesday night uh, from 8 p.m. to 10 Eastern on the Black College Sports Network. You can find us at O&G Strike Zone on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, that's where we're at. And uh, and then the show I do on Sunday night is more of a general HBCU show that I do with my guy, A.D. Drew. We've been doing that show for about six years now, and it's on Sunday night, 6 p.m., uh, as well on the Black College Sports Network. And so uh, it's fun to kind of talk just HBCU topics in general. And then in the middle of the week, kind of get in there with my guys, uh, Kelvin Rozier and Marcus Green. And we just specifically talk about FAMU. So, um, you know, I, again, I appreciate your time, guys. And that's that's kind of what we what we try to do, you know. All right. Well, again, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, look forward to having you back. Uh, Definitely. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Brian Fulford from ONG Strike Zone. All right. Now we got to bring up our next guest. Represent Jackson State. ASU in the building. We got from HBCU Overdrive, our man, the host, Doc Holiday, and also affectionately known as Blue, our good friend, our good man, Zach McKinnell. He also our, 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 our DEI compliance, so we good for the quarter. So, so man, you calling him our affirmative action guest, man? Yeah, you remember? Uh, you remember from uh? Hold on, for let, let go. Get, gotta give them a hand claps. We gotta give them a hand clap. Appreciate y'all coming on, fellas. Hey, you remember uh, undercover brother? Neil yeah. Patrick. Neil Patrick. That's that's Zach for us. Zach. You know he fit. He just fit right in. Zach. Oh, all, he all, Zach always come in. He always cool. Got some. Got the latest information. Like Zach, where you found that out? He just know. He just. Man, Zach plugged in for real, man. Yeah, what's yeah. good, fellas? How y'all doing this evening? Oh, y'all on mute. My bad. There we go. Hey, good. What's good, good Doc? Man, I'm doing good, bro. Just 
<laughs> Living another life in paradise, aka Triple D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, heard that. Yeah, I know Zach is dry, but Zach got uh hit up with the uh last minute. Yeah, man. last minute travel plans. Like, hey, I, it's a good. Man. Hey, I, I've never complained about it, man. Like, listen, to get a call that I get to sit down with you tomorrow, get to talk to the OCDC, some of the big players, man, I went traded for the world. But yeah, we on the road, but. Like, like Doc can tell you, man, always on the road. So, hey, nothing changes here, man. I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, as always, as always. Uh, I got headed to exit 81, huh? Yeah, Zach, make sure you send in your form so we good for the uh for the quarter on our, <laughs> our quota. <laughs> I, I, I got you, man. I got you. I'm going to have you on once a month, man. I'm going to up that quota. <laughs> nah, man. But, uh, man, Zach, uh, I do, do appreciate you coming on. Coming on this week, talk uh Tennessee State. You might be back next week to uh, talk Grambling for us. But uh I do want to start here, man. Uh Tennessee State. This is year uh year three, right? Under uh under Eddie. Yeah, year three. Mm-hmm. Um is I'm not gonna say now or never, but from what you saw, are they ready to kind of turn things around and, and at least be competitive? Man, it, it's all going to hinge on the offense, man. I think defensively they're going to be elite. I thought they were great last year. I mean, I, I think out of everyone, I mean, even even Central got scored on by Jackson. I don't think there was a defense outside of maybe the Campbell game that really held Jackson State in check last season. I mean, that defense yeah. suffocated Jackson for three and a half quarters. And it, that was the theme throughout the year. When you look at that defense statistically, they ranked top five in the OVC and everything. Top five in the FCS and like red zone, third down, some turnover stats. They had so much talent defensively, and they brought in even more. You add Monroe Beard, who's a three-time all-swag selection edge rusher linebacker from UAPB. You add Jalen Bell, who's an all-swag defensive tackle from Mississippi Valley State. Kavon Pope comes back. James Green gets a six-year of eligibility. Bryce Phillips, whose older brother is probably headed to the NFL this year, Clark Phillips III from Utah, he's mm-hmm. back after his breakout all-OVC uh, all, uh, newcomer season. They got so much talent on the defensive side of the football, man. And Brandon Fisher is energized. He's a great coach. And then you got Jeff Fisher as an analyst working on that side. So they got so much going on there. The issue is going to be can they score? They went three consecutive weeks midseason – not scoring. They lost to an uh, a, a winless Murray State team, nineteen to nothing. They got beat forty-two to nothing by Simo, and then there was another one thrown in there. That can't happen. And the fact that Draylon Ellis is having some off the field stuff go on and couldn't play this spring only added to what is that offense going to be now? Jalen Rouse is going to be the starting running back. He's going to be great, but offensive line and a number two slash three wide receiver is my biggest questions for Tennessee State. But it's like, like you said, it's kind of do or die. I got to talk to Eddie, got to talk to Brandon Fisher, Coach H, the offensive coordinator, some of the players. They feel the pressure. Like you got to think, Eddie George, Brandon Fisher, all these guys have been around. They know it's do or die. But the kind of the the overall takeaway I got from my visit, because I spent three days in the facility, is they feel like they have their guys their team and they 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 pretty much said if we can't compete that's on us right now yeah, so jeff fisher on staff so they're guaranteed to go 500 is what you're saying 
I hope not, man. <laughs> but, hey, this is this is the toughest part because, like, we, I, I'm sure you guys understand too. I mean, we we kind of grow close, especially interviewing players, talking to coaches. You develop yeah. relationships with these guys, definitely. And definitely. man, there is not a more personable staff in HBCU football, in my opinion, than that staff, man. I want Eddie George to succeed. I want Brandon Fisher to succeed. Coach H is awesome. All all the players were great. It's just, man, like every time they had a chance to take that step, they failed. Because just think about that. Eastern Washington game to open the season, you have a huge lead, and you kind of choke it away down the stretch, and you you miss a chance to have a signature out-of-conference win against a big Sky team who was ranked at the time. Then you, then you get Jackson State in the uh, Southern Heritage Classic. And, I mean, you led for the early part of that game, and they didn't score a touchdown until three minutes left in the game. You probably needed a few first downs and one touchdown, and you win that game. And then you got the Murray State game where it was 19 nothing, but your offense gave up two pick sixes. It's just like consistently shooting themselves in the foot. So it's the big question is can they stay out of their own way and can Draylon Ellis figure it out off the field and be – back because if he doesn't if he doesn't come back you're looking at I believe it's Davion Bryant probably being the starter but I don't feel like he offers you the same ceiling that Adrian Ellis does at quarterback and so now you're looking at is, are, is the fan base good with another third place finish in the OVC and I, that's a question I don't really know the answer to yeah I, th- I think it kind of would depend on not just you know the wins and losses but kind of how they looked in, in, in some of those wins and losses like you said you know the the um Murray State game, you know, you can't you can't have games like that where you you beat yourself in in, in a sense, you know. And, and I think that I think Eddie George knows where he's at as far as his timeline and his tenure there. And I think that he feels a sense of urgency. So I just hope that his team kind of buys into what he's what he's preaching and kind of gives him what he's asking for as far as that sense of urgency from them as well. I mean, the schedule lays out a lot better, in my opinion. Just like, yes, you got the Notre Dame game, but you had an FBS game last year. So yeah. you're, you're not winning that game. Let's just let's get out of South Bend without any major injuries. And really and truly, with Draylon not practicing a lot, I don't know if I would start Draylon that week anyway. Let's save him until we get into some F, F, FCS games. He has an injury history already. He got Draylon Ellis got hurt against Jackson and made it worse in their FBS game last year, which is why they lost to Lane because they had 10 starters out. You can't have that happen again with Notre Dame. But you trade Jackson for UAPB. No disrespect to UAPB, but that's a much more winnable yeah. game than Jackson probably was. Then Simo drops off, who Simo just went to the playoffs, was one of the co-OVC champions. You switch them out from Lindenwood, who just came up from D2 last season. It was a pretty good team, but that's a much that, that's not as a steep competition as a Simo was with Geno Hess and those guys. And then you get Gardner-Webb, who lost a lot of starters. They won the Big South, but that could be a signature win. You got him for the John Merritt Classic. And so I think I, when I look at the schedule, the opportunity is there to make a run potentially at the FCS playoffs if you win the right games. But it's just like you said, that question of, man, can they get it together offensively? Because you're not going to the playoffs scoring less than 20 points per game. That is a recipe for disaster. And regardless about how good your defense is, there is not a defense in the country. And you guys know this looking at Power 5 football. It does not matter how good Alabama, LSU, Auburn's defenses might be. If that offense can't get off the field, that defense is going to falter at some point. Yep. Yeah. You muted, Pooh. My bad. Good, call. Good catch. Doc, mask this. Uh, we know the change that happened at top at Jackson yep. State. 
Well, let me ask this. That'll change. Yeah, it's a little small one. Uh, let me ask this. Um, when y'all gonna start putting out content? Boy, you kidding? Boy, you boy, boy, you kidding? Oh, you stupid, man! Come on now, boy, you kidding? But no, but no, seriously, man. Um, y'all now uh, uh, run the ship is uh, headed by uh, TC, uh, TC Taylor, uh, who we know has uh, a great pedigree himself. Um, did some some great things when he was at um, Central, right? Am I getting as a coach? As, as a coach, coach yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, he's back home, uh, alumni back yeah. home taking the ship. How, um, how's the team adjusted to uh, TC? Well, I can say this uh, I talked to one of the players uh, on Tuesday, um, uh, Batman Mitchell, and he's saying that the morale of the team is. Is, is high with uh, TC after him. Uh, if you like, if you to know TC, man, like is he's methodical, he's quiet. He don't, you know, he don't really say too much. But when he do, like you listen. But it is the crazy thing is I've known TC since we were freshmen in, at Jackson State, so. I seen him when he came in as a quarterback. I seen him when he got switched over to receiver. I seen him when he was busting everybody's ass <laughs> so, <laughs> as a receiver. Um, and, and you know, basically, he he don't say too much. And he put in the work, and that's the type of team that you're gonna see. Like, let the play, let our play do our talking. That's what we're gonna see. Um, but the players, man, that the players love him, bro. The players love him. So Doc, transfer portal. What's that? Transfer portal giveth, transfer it portal take. take. So obviously, whenever you have a, a change like y'all had, there's gonna be some turnover on the roster. Right. Um, I think we we expected some of the guys to leave and you know those guys did leave but i think a lot of us were surprised at some of the names that decided to come back right um how much how much of it do you think was the fact that tc was the guy and how much of it do you think was the fact that they just like being in jackson state and they just like you know the environment and the culture of jackson state i think it's 50 50. i think it's 50 50. Uh, like I said, those kids, those, those kids love TC, man, and um, they love the atmosphere. They love the 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 aura of being at Jackson State. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Being at the HBCU, so that that's what they, that's why they there. That's why they stayed there. But like you said, we knew that most of those the players that that was going to leave, that was going to leave. Um, we knew Shador was gonna leave because, yeah, of course, that's his father. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shiloh was gonna leave, but you know, Shiloh's been taking online courses to finish up at Jackson, so he'd be graduating next week. I, I, I actually thought Shiloh was gonna stay for a while. I that's see, you know what, yeah. though, that's 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 what I thought too. I thought he was gonna stay, and just because of his this, you know, his demeanor, his disposition, right. because mm-hmm. of some effect that. Not saying that he doesn't fool with his dad like that, but 
he's more with you know more geared towards his mother, which is Pilar. Uh, but of course, Shador was gonna go because that's to me. I feel like that's the golden ticket for him. You know, mm-hmm. um, um, of course, Travis is gonna go because hell, that's another uh, that's an adopted son. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, Cam Simmons, Craig, that's Shador's teammate, old teammate in high school. That's they homeboy. So, you, you know, Tyler Brown leaving it, and Jeremiah Williams, um, no, Jeremiah Brown, I take that back. Jeremiah Brown leaving, um, just those, you know, that kind of core group leaving to go up to Boulder that. We kind of knew that was going to happen. And then, of course, you got to realize, too, uh, not everybody jumped in the transfer portal. Right. Uh, you had um, uh, Aubrey, Aubrey Miller, actually graduated. Yeah. Um, getting ready for the NFL. Isaiah Bolden graduated, getting ready for the NFL. Um, uh, actually had Willis Patrick. Even he went into the portal, but he ended up back home here in mm-hmm. Dallas, go to TCU, and he's pretty much going to be penciled as a starter. Um, so it's a you know we 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 uh, give those kids our best you know regard, right? Because they had they did something that we haven't seen. In Jackson State football since the late WC Gordon. <laughs> yeah. And if you know the history about Jackson State football, you know the history about WC Gordon. That's what we, you know, that's what we was known for back in the 80s. We ruled HBCU football in the 80s. We ruled the swag in the 80s. Um, but the way that TC has this team now. He's gonna go back to what he knew, which is when he played under uh, James Big Daddy Carson in the nineties, and we had a attitude. You know, we had an attitude about us. That's why we so. That's why we could be so arrogant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, us Jack State people, man, we so arrogant with it. But yeah, it it, it, it really has become a. a uh, Jackson State versus the world kind of mentality, yeah, right. yeah. and it's especially after the departure. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you you mentioned the people who decided to to you know come back. There was a guy who came back, mm. but then he decided he was going to leave. Also, how surprised were you when Savion put his name in the portal? Uh, I was. I mean, I was a little bit surprised, but it, it didn't shock me. Um, because at first, when you thought about when you when everything was going down, uh, he pretty much kind of had one foot in the door, one foot out. Yeah. So when he decided to stay, you know, everybody was happy because that's our leading rusher from the season before. Um and we had some sort of continuity when it came down to the running backs uh, position. But when he entered to the portal, it didn't, like I said, it didn't, I mean, it surprised me a little bit, but it didn't, you know, faze me because I feel like we had a, we have 
a group of running backs, that running back room is like stacked, like super stacked. Um, and it's all going to start with J.D. Martin. So you got J.D. Martin, who pretty much is almost he's J.D. Martin is built like Tony Pollard for the Cowboys. We're thinking about the run, you know, can run in between the tackles when he get outside of the tackles. It's hard to either a bring him down or b catch him. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's dual threat, so he can catch the uh, football out of the backfield. Uh, you can line him up at receiver. Uh, there's different ways you can give J.D. Martin the ball. Um, then you also have uh, Seven McGee, who is pretty much a, like Seven McGee pretty much to me is like Percy Harvin. Mm. He was at Florida. Just everywhere on the field. You know, slot, outside, running back, you know, kick return, pump return, whatever you want to put him at. You know, he to me, I feel like he's going to be dynamic. Um, and that's another one that the transfer reporter gave to us, you know, him coming from Oregon. Um, Caleb Jolivet, who is a, a, a returning, we're not a starter, but a returner as far as um, bringing in depth in that, you know, in that room. Um, then there's a gym in uh, <clears throat> Ezekiel uh, Johnson who nobody didn't know who it was, but he popped out on during the spring game. So, and um, having even talked about Irv Mulligan, uh, who's transferring in from Wofford. <coughs> so he's not in, he's not in school there yet on campus, but he'll be there for the summer. So like I said, the running back room is real deep. Um, I just think like whoever gonna be the quarterback, <laughs> um, <laughs> he he gonna have a, a a good choice of players to to choose from to to hand the ball off to man. Yeah, <clears throat> Zach, quick question for you. Uh, I I know our next guest, he he gonna uh, this probably be one of his questions. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and ask what that old line play look like. At Tennessee State, <laughs> man, it's always so hard because listen, I've been so vocal. I do not like drafting teams, especially at the FCS level, with the amount of scholarships, mm-hmm. especially with some when some of the scholarships aren't on campus, mm-hmm. because you you don't have the depth to do that at some positions. Like, yeah, you know, there's some schools that they got a whole lot of receivers, so it's going to look amazing. But guess what? All their corners aren't there. So, what do you really learn from? your number one wide receiver going to beat up on a fourth stringer. Right. I, I don't think you see that. And that's the same thing with offensive line because with some of these drafts, you've seen guys who aren't going to see the field this year, and they got to block guys like Alabama A&M. They, they had a guy blocking Zerion Hayes. Well, good luck with that because it's not going to happen. Because hmm. Zerion is going to eat him alive because they're not in the same spot at their development. Now, on one hand, you could say, yeah, it helps offensive line. That guy developed. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing with offensive line play for me this early on is building chemistry, building continuity, mm-hmm. working on that, working on that communication, working on that chemistry. Are we stepping together? Are we making sure we're picking up these blitz reads? Are we are we knowing where, how, and when to step? Like there's just so many intricacies in offensive line play that I don't feel like get worked out in that spring game 
which is why I feel like the real, the true tale of offensive wildfire are the scrimmages, where it's 1v1, not really on TV. And I, I just don't think it shows anything. But, I mean, Tennessee State has a solid offensive line. I think they're – right now it feels like they're a little bit better at run blocking. But then also with the offensive line of Tennessee State, you can't really tell because Monroe Beard didn't play. Jalen Bell didn't play. Kaban Pope didn't play. James Green played sparingly. Like, Brandon Fisher told me, he said, man, we're not playing any of our starters. He said, we're so good, I don't need to see them out there. He said, these people came to see touchdowns. He said, if I played my starting 11, he was like, I don't know if he scored today. That's how good we'll be. And so I I, got to see them against the ones, but I think they'll be solid. They got some good pieces. They brought in Romello Watson, who was the Grambling transfer. Juco, yeah, Juco All-American. They got a few guys returning. I think – I'll say this. They have some size. You can always work with size. They got a few guys returning, and they got some promising young guys. It'll just be can they build the chemistry. And that, that's my biggest question mark with everyone throughout the spring, man, because, listen, you can have the stars, you can have the size, you can, you can have all this stuff, but until they play together week in and week out and communicate well together and, and they're gelling, man, I, I don't trust it until I see that because, man, listen, Jackson State in 2021 had a whole lot of stars, Ooh, a whole man, lot of size. Our, our offensive line and, was man, trash. It, man, they couldn't block a soul <laughs> all season long. I mean, they couldn't block anybody, and so – and I always say this, man, I'd rather have five guys who are zero stars that have played together for multiple years and are gelling than a whole line of five stars who don't like each other and can't communicate. Yeah, that's true. At, so, no. so Zach, since you since you say the starting defense wasn't wasn't there, how <clears throat> how does how did what you see alter your expectations any if it did? I feel like defensive expectations were already high. I'm expecting them. I like. I've been honest about it. They got to finish top two in the OVC if they're that good. They got the mm-hmm. talent. They got the coaching. Listen, man, y'all got to go out there and produce, man. I, I and I, I said it on Doc's show because I, I called into his show when I was driving back from Nashville. Mm-hmm. I don't expect many FCS teams to be able to score 21 or more points on them. That, that's mm-hmm. on their schedule. Oh, like that's yeah. that's the type of dominance I need to see defensively from Tennessee State. Now, offensively, still got a lot of questions because Jalen Ellis didn't play, but yeah. I, I do think they got the pieces, man. Like I said, Jalen Rouse running back looked really promising. They got they got the backup transfer. I want to say he transferred in from Buffalo last season, and I'm blanking on his name uh, while I'm driving. I feel terrible about. It. I want to say it's Emerson or something like that. But then they had a wide receiver, a Ball State transfer, uh, Karate Brinson, man, long rangy great route runner i think he'll be wide receiver one but let me tell you they got a little secret weapon and i i call it their little julian edelman it is a little kid wearing number 11 a little white dude who no one could cover all spring game <laughs> i mean routing people up to death and made a it made a 50 50 catch on the touchdown pass where i mean he hit the gritty afterwards and everything on him i mean it was ridiculous <laughs> that that kid's going to be i heard that he is going to stand out all spring I'm really hoping they slot him in the slot because if you remember last year, Zach Dobson, number 24, was a big slot piece to that offense. He graduated. I really think he could be a secret piece to that Tennessee State offense, man. But it, like like I said, the offensive takeaways are far and few between just because you don't have your starting quarterback, your offensive line isn't playing together, and the defense kind of, you know, was playing with the handicap against you in the spring game. Yeah. All right. Uh, Doc, before we get, get ready to get up out of here um, – I'm going to ask this. Um, what are some areas that actually improved 
or or or, or I'm not gonna say improve. Let me ask this because that, that's kind of unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some areas that were surprising to you, like pleasantly surprising? I guess you could say. Yeah. So, um, one area to me that was surprising was uh, it was the defensive backfield. Um, and that's where we talking about TC going in, try to talk guys from jumping into the portal. Um, you had a uh, Kerry Wiggins, um, K5, who decided, you know, at the last, you know, not say at the last minute, but um, close to it, that he wasn't going to uh, jump in that portal. Um, also, uh, Jalen Hughes, uh, Coming, you know, being probably going to be penciled as as the uh, day one starter on the other side at uh, cornerback. Then when you also bring in uh, Isaiah Guthrie coming in from Delaware State, uh, FCS All American uh, at safety. So you know, having him in as pretty much almost the quarterback of of, the, of that backfield defensive uh, backfield. Is a good thing, and then uh, Keydrain Callaghan bringing them in, um, uh, which I I liked because it with him coming in when we had Shiloh. Of course, Shiloh is a thumper, but he couldn't cover he couldn't cover a baby's ass if he wanted to. Uh, <laughs> but. You know, it, it, you got somebody that can actually cover, <laughs> that can actually hit. You know, he's he's versatile. Uh, another uh, another surprise that I saw for our team was the defensive line. Uh, having Niles Gaddy come back in <laughs> and, and what he did last season injured. Uh, Zach, if I'm not mistaken, he got injured in the Tennessee State game, or was it after? Grambling. Grambling it was the gra- yeah, the Grambling game. They hit him with, like, an illegal cut block, and it messed up his knee for a little while. Right. You're talking about a guy that had – that already had, like, six – pretty much almost six sacks in two games because he had four and a half. I'm, I'm going to say four and a half because they say three and a half, but I'm going to say four and a half. He should have had more in that Tennessee State game. He was giving Draylon Ellis fits in that game. Um, but getting him back, getting him back where he grew, I think he grew another inch. As he's at six foot five, uh, he got the weight on him now. He's at a good 250, 255. So he's your he's going to be your standout defensive end right there. Um, um, Keeping Devontae Davis in the middle at our D tackle position, um, which is a which is a plus because he's going into uh, year three now on that defensive line. Uh, also, on the other the other end, having um, Antonio Doyle uh, making sure that he stayed, you know, because he could have bolted out too because he had a good season last year too. Uh, he could have bolted out. Uh, the uh, uh, having them that continuity, and then with uh, TC and Coach O and 
Coach Bradley going in, going into the portal, uh, getting um, kids to come out of the portal, going into the high school ranks, which a lot of people really not doing right now, to the high school ranks, getting defensive players, especially defensive ends, because he wants kids that to fit his scheme. Um, uh, him coming from Alcorn as the defensive, uh, the D line coach, and what he did with that D line with Malachi Bailey and Claudine Charles, uh, just creating havoc for for Shadur in that game in that Soul Bowl, where it, it it was hard for him to even to to sneeze and breathe because the line was like in his face and until the fourth quarter. Um, that was surprising, but you know, one other surprise, not saying as far as keeping, but that's lead that left was uh Juriente Davis, uh, because he was going to be penciled in, and I would say as the successor to Aubrey Miller. Um, yeah, um, that kind of hurt. Uh, now that found out that he's committed to Texas A&M, um. <laughs> Uh, having um, terrible, yeah. <laughs> have also having uh, uh, Jacob Humphrey, aka Big Boosie, uh, jumping in the portal today. Uh, that kind of hurt a little bit too. But we still got guys that's going to come in that's being committed. That's uh, that's committing to the school. Just got one today. Yeah, we just Transfer got one. linebacker mm-hmm, from uh, Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. I just saw that. Uh, we got a got a receiver that uh, committed to us today. Uh, I think it's for twenty, either twenty this year or for next year. Uh, we just got a lot of. It, it's it's always going to be. We got a lot of pieces that's coming in. Um, just waiting on for that 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 summertime, and you know, so they can get themselves into the school and get uh, ingratiated into the system and then when the fall ball come it's it's you know it's all go from there and uh we'll, we we shall see what's going to happen uh august 26th when we play south carolina state and mex whack challenge we gotta get our, we gotta get our lick back <laughs> i will say with jackson too i think still coming out of the spring because i i know the spring game can't be an end-all be-all but I had questions about the linebacking core exiting the spring game still because mm-hmm. I, they got a lot of athletic linebackers out there, yeah. I feel like, but I don't see someone who replaces what Aubrey Miller did best. Because, I mean, you could say Aubrey Miller took over yeah. games at times mm-hmm. last season. I yeah. still don't see that guy. And it can <laughs> develop. I'm not saying that that's going to be a weakness for Jackson or, or that they're going to, you know, suck because of that. But that is the biggest question mark, in my opinion, out of the entire team. And I feel like the first four games, man, it is going to be like, uh, man, it, it's, it's a test. Be, yeah, it's a test because I mean, you got South Carolina State, who's never mm-hmm. a pushover. Then you go to FAMU, and then you travel to Texas State, which G, my guy GJ Kenny just went over there, just took incarnate word in his first season mm-hmm. as a head coach there to the semifinals and should have beat North Dakota State to go to the national title. Then you got to go to Baton Rouge oh, and play. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, then you got to go to Baton Rouge and play Southern. So there's no easy games in that four-game stretch. So I really feel like Jackson, the, the one big positive I see is that defensive line. And I do think they're good enough to help that linebacking core kind of come into their own, yeah. in a sense, in terms of develop. Because 
like you said, Devontae Davis in the middle is one of my favorite defensive tackles at all the HBCU football, man. That dude is a grown man in the middle. And mm-hmm. then you still got Jeremiah Williams, who was a Jeremiah top Williams. five graded yeah. – yeah, he was a top five graded defensive tackle last year, according to Pro Football Focus. And then on the edge, you got Niles Gaddy, who's an all, a first-team all-slack selection, probably going to be a candidate for preseason defensive player of the year. You've got Doyle, and then behind them – you got a former LSU four-star, Philip Webb, Phillip Webb. Who's, trying to get, mm-hmm. who's trying to get back into football shape. So I do feel like the, the front four is going to be able to help that linebacking core mature a little bit early in the season because we're placing all well, – I ain't even – The biggest task. I feel like, go ahead. I ain't even, I ain't even say – I forgot something about it. I even talk about True Thompson. He really didn't even play last season. And he's going to yeah. be. I feel like he's going to be a contributor to to this defensive line. Um, it's just a lot of pieces. It's the main thing that we're worried about is the quarterback. And everybody said, "Well, Jason Brown looked a little bit shaky during the spring game. Grayson Thompson looked like uh, down there a season vet." But to me, I just feel like. You, you, you're running five plays, you know what I'm saying? It's scripted. So you, you're not – I'm not saying it, it's going to tell everything from the spring, that, that game, but um, you still got – like I said, you still got fall ball coming in. You still got fall camp. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, the competition is going gonna, is gonna to thicken up. It's going to be real real hot up in there. Like, like I said last night on uh, HBCU Nightly, Rick Thompson, which is Grayson's dad, <laughs> he didn't check me, but he's like, "Hey, that 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 QB QB one ain't no lock." So <laughs> he, you know, and, and, and you know, when I have to go back through now, I have to look at it again. I was like, "Yeah, you're right. It ain't a lock." I'm not saying that he that Grayson would be the actual starter, but you still got Jason Brown. Who's I mean, he's a journeyman, but he has he has played in the SCS, he has played in, in FBS. You got uh Philip Short that's coming in from the JUCO ranks, and then you got Zion McDonald that was at Louisiana Lafayette, uh, who is more of a dual, like he's your legit dual threat. Um and he didn't even play in the spring because he was nursing uh, an injury. Um it just, you know, we, we won't know until fall comes. And, and with my prediction, I'm going to say it just like this. My prediction, I I feel like Jason Brown's going to be the starter. Grayson Thompson's going to be the two. Uh, you got Zion McDonald, and then Phillip Short is going to learn from all of them. Yeah. So what's your, what's your expectation? What's your prediction for next season? Like, you you think y'all could compete for the swag championship, or you think y'all I mean, a season away or something? Nah, I think we could compete for a swag championship because even though people say we rebuild, every team rebuilds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it, then you can reload too. Yeah. So like, it's not like we not to us. We ain't scared nobody. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> we ain't we ain't scared nobody, but. Realistically, though, I did say ten and one, but realistically, I'm looking at at least two losses. So I can say nine and two, but hey, that one loss ain't gonna be to no fam you. 
I'm gonna say it just like that right now. It ain't gonna be to no fam you. So so uh Alabama State gonna get y'all a homecoming? That's what you say? Oh hell no. <laughs> bro, bro, we put booster asses on. Come on now. It's homecoming. I don't I don't even think we lost a homecoming game like that, bro. Mm. But I mean that the the Alabama State game, I wish, man, it would have been so much just drama just leading up to it with E Rob and and, and 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 if he was there, uh prime. But yeah. um but now nah, to us now it's just a it's just a football game where everybody gonna be there. Yeah. We still gonna sell it. I'm gonna tell you, we still gonna sell that bet out. <laughs> oh yeah. We still gonna have them blue white pom poms waving in unison as always. <laughs> so it is it's no is I, I think it's still gonna be business as usual. Like yeah. EPMD. <laughs> hey Blue, what's what's the realistic expectation for um Tennessee State next year? Oh man, without I wish I would have had the schedule in front of me, but I I, Hold on. I, 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 I could I could pull it up for you if uh if, <laughs> all right. Um. I mean, I I think on the high end, without you know giving you a record prediction, I I think it's competing for the OVC, the OVC Big South merger, you know whatever you want to put it. I mean, the Big yeah. South lost all their top teams for the most part, outside of maybe Gardner Webb, but they're replacing a lot, and you don't have SEMO on the schedule. So man, you got there's not there's not enough there's not a lot of teams that you shouldn't be competing with and beating. So I think competing for the OVC, but if I had to put a win total just off the top of my head, I think you at least at least got to get six wins, man. That's the minimum without for Eddie George's. You got you got to have a winning record, man. And it, and I think you could probably push it to seven wins if you really really want to get to my expectations. I think seven wins is where you have to be if you're Tennessee State with this roster. What yeah. what did UT Martin look like, man? Because I know they had problems with them last season too. Yeah, UT Martin's go, UT Martin's going to be good. Uh, when I look at this OVC Big South merger, I, I still think Semo wins it all. I mean, Semo's going to be so good, man. They returned all their top contributors. Gino has got a like a seventh year of eligibility. He's going to be one of the top rushers <laughs> in this NCAA history at this point. Um, I think Paxton Lauren is back as well. Man, they, they just got a lot of talent all around. Uh, UT Martin, they've lost some of their top contributors to the transfer portal, but Daylon Dotson and some of those defensive players are back. And they, they got Sam Franklin, who was a freshman FCS All-American last year. They're going to be an issue. But there's no – like, I think Semo's in Tier 1. Maybe you could throw UT Martin in there. There's no reason Tennessee State shouldn't be at the top of Tier 2 this season. Well, fellas, listen, I truly, truly appreciate it. Uh Blue, tell the people where they can find you. Man, listen, you can follow myself um, at Zach McKinnell on everything, at the underscore Blue Bloods on all social media for the Blue Bloods account. Man, you can find us on YouTube at Blue Bloods and or all podcast streaming platforms. And you can find my work on Hero Sportsman. I'm a col- FCS columnist over there now. And our website, the thebluebloodscfb.com, we just started dropping an FCS front page with the top four to five storylines every single day right there on the front page of the website, man. So that's where you can find all our work, a lot of stuff going on at one time, and you can catch us down in the hole this weekend down here in Grambling State. But I appreciate y'all, man, for having me on. Hey, yes, always, sir. man, always. You know you got a, a, a open seat here. Uh, Doc, tell the people where they can find you, man. 
man. Everybody, y'all can find me on uh, HBCU Overdrive with Doc Holiday. Pretty much go almost every night, every other night. Uh, not to coincide with my guy, Ken Clark, KC 1400 Club. Um, Saturday nights, I do a joint uh, show with uh, She Loves D, who's a Jackson State alumnus, uh, who comes with straight facts. Uh, I always got my my resident HBCU historian, uh, Mr. Ford, that's always on the show. Uh, you can catch me, like I said, catch me on YouTube. I also stream it from uh, Twitter and on Facebook Live. And, um, of course, y'all can catch me on HBCU Nightly on Twitter with um, Josh Sims from that school in Durham and, <laughs> and the rest <laughs> of the crew, man. But nah, man, I thank y'all for giving me this platform, putting myself out there and uh, trying to get myself, you know, out there so I can get these uh, oh, these, man, you uh, know, credentials. you'll be you'll be back, man. We'll be back. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they, you're good. Uh, they, I, I think, have, have y'all, uh, your day of giving, have y'all already done that? Or y'all still, I know they st- always taking, we, taking I think Jackson State, we did our day of giving last week. Because it, it coincided with our spring game, gotcha. Um, but it, it all matter to us. We always, you know, what, yeah, what what can, what can people donations. donate if they want to donate? Uh, I don't know what the website is, but I know it's going to be through the uh, uh, Jackson State uh, University uh, alumni. I know that's one one way you could give to right there. All right. Gotcha. Well, hey, fellas, as always, we appreciate y'all for coming on. Thank y'all for joining us, and we look forward to having y'all back, man. All right, sure, man. Anytime, anytime. All right, thank you. All right, appreciate y'all. Now, gotta get our guy. Oh man, he back. We we gotta do it right now. I I I was ready for this time. I'm ready. I was ready for this. Go ahead, get it ready. Bring him back to HBCU, our, our guy, D2 HBCU football. Welcome back. Glad to have you back. I'm, I'm moving kind of slow. My bad, man. But how you How's doing, man? Glad man. to have you back. Man, appreciate y'all having me. What's up? How y'all doing? Uh, we good, man. We good. We good, bro. We good. Hey, bro. man, let me just throw a little shade right off the, right off the rip. Yeah. Long as I sat backstage and I saw Doc and that JSU, you know, my mind just kept on going back. That you know, the last time JSU played SIC team, they got whooped both times. Oh, we really dusted them boys up in 2017. I went about 33 to six, something like that. We really mm. dusted them boys. Then them boys turned around and got dusted by Kentucky State. I, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Doc, hold on. Hold on, yeah. Doc. He got to come back. <laughs> hey, 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 bro. That was in our dark days right there. Those were the dark days of Jackson football, bro. We, I don't remember that. It's like me drinking a whole thing of Henny. I don't remember none of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? That circumstance, bro, I watched that, man. It was terrible. It it was it was terrible, man. I I watched that I watched that game. It was terrible, you know what I'm saying. But hey, I'm sorry, but we did get your coach. 
<laughs> we got you. Yeah, got your coach. And you know what? He hate the day he ever left. He should have stayed where he was. Oh, <laughs> man. Hey, he did good. Hey, bro, he did good for us, but he really, yeah. it, 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 I don't think he, he should have made that move to Valley, though. Yeah, but you, but you know, quite honestly, one of the things that I, I regret, um, because Coach Slater came in and did such a great job after Kumji, there was a lot of people who wanted to see uh, Kumji versus Slater matchup, and I feel like both our institutions lost out. That that game would have hit. Like, the success that Slater was having, then he went to Jackson State and y'all were winning, man, that would have been a good sight to see. So Man, that, 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 Seven eight year period right there, we we tried to forget we tried to forget that it's just like that uh, the other period after Coach Hughes, uh, we let him go and they brought in uh James Bell who we really 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 don't talk about because he tried to destroy the whole football program and, and like just the legacy of Jackson State but uh, hey man. Yeah, hey, my boy. Hey, man, got, hey, man, you ain't got to come at me like man. that. Does. Come on, man. You, got, you done gave Doc some wounds right there, man. You brought that boy back to some dark times, man. Man, come on. We, we, we don't even talk about that, bro. Right. My boy, got, my boy Doc got PTSD over there, man. Hey, you know what? Hey, hey Doc could, Doc could, he could type that fast. No, he said, hold up, bring me back. Bring me back. <laughs> but, but, but y'all wasn't the only ones during that time period. Pine Bluff got it. Texas Southern got it. Got it, fam. You got it. You oh yeah, know. a lot of a lot of us, a lot of kids do uh teams got it with y'all in the SIAC. You know, it's y'all just play a different brand of football, man. Um, uh, like it, it, it's like that old school type football that y'all play down there, man. Just like we gonna hit you in the mouth. We probably gonna talk about your mama. We gonna take your girl. You know, we gonna do all that. <laughs> Man, that, that that's how I see it. But I had to come back and defend myself, man. <laughs> I got you. All right, man. All right. <laughs> I have, all right, Doc. <laughs> uh hey, don't get mad at I, I I wore my Alabama State shirt today. Uh just because I ain't got I, I hadn't got my Tuskegee stuff yet. Oh, so. listen, that's all right. We ain't worried about them folk. Them folk can win for the next 30 years and we'll still have a winning record against them. We ain't still about that. <laughs> We stump out them them hornets, and from what I saw Saturday, and, and shouldn't mm. nobody be worried. Yeah, look, look, you know what? Because I, mm. I, I do want to talk about that because I, I was at the game. Um, and yeah. I man, I we should have connected, man. Yeah, I I ain't realized you're right. You're right. That's on me. Um, let me the defense because okay. I, I I want to start positive. I want to start positive. The, the, those DBs, um, physical. It's gonna be hard to pass on them. Uh, the uh, defensive line running stunts. Uh, they anytime uh, Alabama the offense dropped back to pass, defense was backed up. Uh, that defense is going to be really good this year. That offense, mm, uh, yeah, that, I, and and that's and that's being positive. Uh, now I will say this. I will say this. When they were running the ball. They were they were able to pick up, you know, saying chunk yardage. They were able to get three or four yards. Uh, they may even break up, you know, saying six, seven yard run. But passing left a lot to be desired. Um, it's uh, unfortunately, especially with Davis back though. Uh, the backups actually did a lot better. Uh, looked a lot better. 
in my opinion. But Davis was late on reads. Uh, when he make a read, uh, it, it made the throw. It was, it, I mean, you could, I, I, I could literally look and be like, he finna go there, and then he'll go there, and it's like, oh, pick. So it was just bad. It was bad. Um, so there's room for improvement, is what you're saying. Uh, it, it, is there room for improvement? Well, that's like a, a Holiday Inn worth of room for improvement. Um, you know, um, I, I'm always torn, especially talking about uh, Bama State's offense right now because it's ran by a skiggy guy. You know, mm. uh, the offense corner, he's a skiggy guy, but uh, he has worked at two of our uh, enemy schools. He was at Morehouse, Morehouse first. Yeah. And um, when I saw the offense, I was like, oh, this just looks like the Morehouse offenses that he used to run. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I've heard the talk, even I was on HBC nightly the other night, right, and, um, right. and, and they were talking and, uh, I'm just like, no, that's what his Morehouse's offenses look like. No, that's what they look like. <laughs> you know, um, I think they have some issues and I know I, I, I heard, I hear what y'all saying about the defense. However, um, I've seen that defensive line better at state, um, mm. when they had the, the big guy, um, in the tier, I can't think of his name right now. Um, you couldn't run on Bama State. You know, you can run up that middle. I think um, part of the reason their DBs look so good, they don't have a wide receiver to take the top off. I was like, just about it, to say that. They, they just um, – they're so stagnant, it's just too easy to read. Like, they run that bunch trip set, and they run out of it. And I'm like, wait, this is the same – I went back to a tweet from 2019 that I made because I really wanted to ask him a question, like, why? <laughs> like, what is that? You know what I'm saying? That was back during this time. Morehouse had this bad tight end. I mean, the the boy was good. And they would just line him up. And I was like, he he's off in the flats every time. Nobody ever picks him up, and they just never throw to him. So it, it was too many things that resembled um, what, what those Morehouse teams looked like. And you can look at Morehouse record, and I think that's a pretty good test right. for maybe what Bama State probably will be. Um, this year, um, outside of that, though, I, I I I don't see much for Bama State to be impressed about. Um, I think they need Davis, like you said, those backups. They were good, but they're gonna need Davis's speed on the edge. That like they're gonna need him because those offensive linemen, you know, although you know they might have two or three pieces that they're gonna you know put together, and, you know, change some things, probably even change how they. Um, I remember. When I was younger, watching Southern uh, one year, rolling that pocket out, you know, like they're going to have to try to do some different things. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe they'll get it together. I don't know. But uh, with all their players dipping out, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I, I know your big thing, offensive line play. Uh, with Alabama State, the offensive line, play, they could not stop a stunt. No. They couldn't stop a stunt. Um, it was – it was – even Kaneva in that thing. I mean, they were doing so much. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 like, seriously, the defense would – they would run, you know what I'm saying, twist up, bam, they in the backfield. Um, uh, you know what I'm saying, just any, anything for, to come from the middle, okay, bam, in the backfield. You know, it, yeah. that's just what it was. And it, it wasn't even – it wasn't even really blitzing. It was just a uh, stunt, and they would get back there. So, uh, but, man, let's, let's – go ahead. I'm sorry. And one of the things that just bothers me about offensive linemen um, is, is what Zach was talking about, that communication. Um, mm -hmm. There is no communicating. I So I believe in offensive line culture to kind of like be like they're the policemen of the football team. Like there is a culture that comes along with good offensive line play. 
And if they're not talking, if the offensive line is not talking, if somebody on the offensive line is not chewing out those other guys and getting those guys like, hey, this is what they're seeing, they were all up there like deer headlights. And I was like, okay, yeah, this bodes well for us because we need payback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, so I, you, I, so you yeah, were just the scout, and that's how you was doing pretty much. <laughs> Listen, I, I woke up. I, I knew I was gonna sell some cows um Tuesday, so I got up and did that, and that just ran too late. And I was like, I'm not gonna make it to Fairfield in time. Let me just run up here to Bama State since they were gonna um stream miles. So I just went. I had on my Tuskegee gear, and you know they was talking at me when I was walking in. I'm like, hey, well, we'll see, because I thought I was gonna see something better. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say something. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, I'm staying good graces. Um, <clears throat> Miles, um, what what did you see in in, in them as far as? Because uh, I know let's let's go ahead and go. Because I I know your your favorite place to go. How did they look uh, up front? And I don't know how they they did. I don't know if they split offense defense or they did the draft thing or ones versus. I don't know how they went. So uh, their setup was offense versus defense. Um, okay. They they spotted the defense twenty four points, and the offense could the offense score twenty four points because I, that was Miles's problem. Um, their yeah. defense could hold people under twenty points, and they just couldn't score twenty. They couldn't score twenty one points, and so it was like uh, something that they were trying to see if the offense could move and trying to find that uh, that guy at the QB. Uh, overall, I was really impressed with Miles from where they were uh, out of the spring games that I've seen. I think that they are, um, yeah, they're, they're going to be a force to deal with. They do have their hiccups at the QB position. Um, they have a, uh, they have about four guys fighting. They they said it was between um, um, Dexter Scott. Um, Cam Ivory and Norris, which is a transfer in, but I really like Cam. I think they're just gonna have to go through the ups and downs with him. Mm-hmm. But the offense looks he has more command over the offense, in my opinion. And I think that, uh, more than likely, that's probably gonna be the guy that comes out. Um, and and he can get it down the field for them, but uh, from a productive from a production standpoint and how they just look, I think Miles is. Miles ahead of where they were last season this time. Good pun. Um, <laughs> defensively, how, I mean, carried them last year. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things about Miles's defense that I was always telling people about, um, like fifty-three. I think they had eighteen. No, it's eighteen quarters where they didn't. People didn't score on them. Um, out of the 40 quarters of football that they played. And then you take out the the two GSC teams. Uh, you know, those that's those are the only games they got really blowed out in. Cause you look at the Benedict game and the Albany State game, there was only one offensive touchdown scored by Benedict and one offensive touchdown scored by Albany State. And those were the two better offenses in the league. Uh so Miles was just uh they were there, they just couldn't score. Uh, I was wondering, I had some questions about could they replace um, uh, uh, a couple of DBs they had? Could they replace, um, they had a linebacker that was great. Um, but it was more like a plug in and reload, you know. And then when I realized that Zion Sharp didn't play and they had another star in, um, interior D lineman that didn't play. And I'm like, wait, 
those were the twos that was on the interior line. They were okay, yeah. They um I'm I'm really glad they have a game before the Alabama State game this particular season to kind of like work out um some things and they have it against a, a lane team that's gonna be offensive, you know, they're gonna be offensively sound. Yeah, yeah. Um them folks at 915 Jackson Street, yeah, they they might uh, they might get tripped up by miles this season. Um, what about uh skill skill players um on the offensive side? Uh, did, did Miles show anything? Actually, and let me ask this: play call. I mean, because play calling wise, we know a lot of spring games they not, they not showing much. But were you able to even look and say, okay, this this guy's you know what I'm saying he jumps out on on film or jumps out when you when you're looking at uh take however you want to look at uh, uh describe it. Um, they have a, I, I didn't have a roster, but I think his last name is Griffin. He wasn't on the team last, last season. Um, he's a n- number 11. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to be a hard guy for guys to cover. Um, especially if the offensive line can give, uh, whoever is their QB one time. Um, they only had four wide receivers on the roster for the spring game. Um, so they got some coming in, some freshmen coming in. And I'm pretty sure that they are in that transfer portal, you know, looking for to add some depth to that position. Um, so I, I think, you know, they might be a wide receiver away from really having a decent wide receiver core. Um, running backs, just pick one <laughs> at this point. Uh, they have a Frazier. They have Blake Speed. Um, they have a guy, uh, I think his name is Boone, Aaron Boone, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they didn't bring him in until like the last two drives of the spring game. I'm like, oh, so y'all were keeping him. Y'all didn't want us to see him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see what y'all doing. Um, they are as well from a D2 perspective, as far as especially a D2 perspective with the portal, a D2 perspective, um, where on in SIC we play a lot of true freshmen. Uh, this conference plays a lot of true freshmen. Um where they are now, to add to that, if those freshmen that they have come in, they come in in shape, Miles will be, yeah, they they they're gonna be okay. Um, trying to think what else uh, I had for uh for Miles. Um, what was that? You've been able to get catch from the SIA uh, SIAC side, Skiggy, um, Clark. Clark. Um, Clark Atlanta. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Clark Atlanta. Clark Atlanta. Clark Atlanta. Miles. Uh, I'm not sure if you uh were able to see much on on Benedict, or at least you know, say hear stories about being or hear about Benedict and stuff. Yeah. Um, I know when we talked last time you were on about possibly who could who could challenge in the SIAC. Uh, is Miles? Because and I again last year their record was not who they were. Is Miles in a position to challenge, at least be competitive this year? It's going to be can can they hold up. You know, okay. um, I will say playing two LCS schools back-to-back is challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to turn around and get into, like, the meat of your schedule. The the new format is going to be interesting, um, SAC, because um, some teams got a good draw, some teams got a bad draw. Or so you think. You know what I'm saying? Because you really don't know. Everybody wants to win, you know, coming out. So um, 
it's just one of those things where, like, you can't lose a game. You know, like, if Miles can't lose that first game to Lane because <clears throat> you're not sure if Lane is going to lose two more games. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's just one of those things now where you can't lose a conference game and, and get by. Um, so that's that's gonna be inter- that's gonna be interesting. Um, but can Miles challenge? I they just it, it's gonna be the lumps. How well do they grow with a new quarterback? You yeah. know, um, they struggled at that quarterback position last year, and they're better. You know, I mean, every, every guy they have is better than than what they showed last season. Um, but they're gonna have to grow with them, you know. Uh, it's just it's that's it's just simple as that. They're gonna have to grow with them. They're gonna have some lumps, you know what I'm saying? So um I just I, I'm glad they have a game before the Alabama State game, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm sure like their focus is mainly on winning the conference. So that first game is gonna be really big for them. Um and, and can he grow up? It's gonna be how fast can he grow up and uh and lead that team. Yeah. yeah. Man, I don't have much on Miles. A, a much more to ask on Miles. Uh, and you got something before we, we before we get up out of here? No, I just like just really want to know as far as Miles. Kind of like I know you said you think they competed depending on how well they grow and all that. Like what you think is like their the floor? Like they should at least be this good. And if they can, you know, put everything together, they can compete for the for the conference. But like the bare minimum, they should be this good. Yeah, take the two LCS teams uh, out. Um, they should at least be 500 uh, against gotcha. the D2 opponents. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, man, listen, as always, appreciate you. Um, I know it's, I'm going to put it like, you're a better man than me to, 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 <laughs> to, to, to be able to scout, you know what I'm saying? The competition and fairly assess them. Yeah, I'm saying that. Don't ask. No, man. No, I'm gonna leave it alone. Uh, yeah. But uh, as always, man, let the people know where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Twitter, D2HBCU Football, um, TikTok, Skiggy Historians, uh, Instagram, Skiggy Historian. Um, we do every Sunday night, seven o'clock p.m. Central. We have SIC Talk. Um, hopefully, this week we'll have some coaches and some baseball coaches on to uh, really talk about going into uh, the baseball uh, championship series. And uh, yeah, so check us out. All right. Also, um, tell people what it because I'm trying to make sure people know where they can do this. They want to donate to Ski, help Ski Guy. Let them know what how they can do it. Um, if you go to the Tuskegee.edu, uh, we have a portal right at the top of the page that's going to say our giving initiative. You can click it. Um, we break down initiatives like uh, we have a digital scoreboard camp. Um, uh, campaign going on. Um, the band has a campaign going on. Chili's have a campaign going on. So you can give directly um, to that. So just go to tuskegee.edu and you will see the big giving portal. Uh, and you can click on that and give to whatever you want to give. I'm going to give my $2 to the likes. Matter of fact, I forget all that. I'm gonna bring my own lights. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bring. I'm bring them light bulbs. I'm put them in flux. 
screw me and let them change the light. Oh, man. I, put two, I put my two dollars on a light bill. You know what I mean? <laughs> nobody thinking about that part. <laughs> but nah, man, for real, as always, man, we appreciate you. Uh, I, like I said, we got it right this time. We gonna get up out of here like we supposed yeah, to. Yeah, like uh, we'll, we'll be back on Monday talking more HBCU football. Uh, we'll actually do a draft preview. Okay. Draft preview for uh talk about HBCU players, uh possibly who could be drafted or or get a camp invite. Uh then we'll still talk a little bit of spring game too. So uh we'll see y'all back on Monday. Uh but like that, we out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.